0: This is Dr. Chad Edwards, and you are listening to podcast number 86 of Against the Grain.
1: Welcome back to Against the Grain podcast. This is Diana Edwards. Uh, Today, we're going to actually be looking at Tulsa, um, the biodentical Hormone Replacement Therapy that we have available, but we're specifically today going to be looking at the Women's Health Initiative. Somewhere along the way, people began to get a negative vibe and put out negative information about the use of estrogen in postmenopausal women. And so today we're going to look at this Women's Health Initiative. We're going to look at the results and we're going to find out if estrogen is or is not a good idea post menopause
0: well said yes we are talking about hormones uh, bioidentical hormone replacement I mean we do a lot of that in the clinic Uh, I am a big fan of bioidentical hormones and I will tell you that the vast majority of our uh, female patients uh, that are post menopausal are also huge fans of bioidentical hormones but one of the most common questions that I get what do you think it is
1: Ooh, doo, doo, doo. Any idea in postmenopausal women?
0: Yeah, with estrogen, we're going to give them hormones.
1: Oh, um, is this going to increase my risk of cancer?
0: You hit the nail on the head. Yes. It's one of the most common questions, and we're going to actually do a specific podcast about estrogen and breast cancer. Uh, but we, I wanted to start with this uh, this view of the Women's Health Initiative uh, as a large study, and I remember sitting in medical school, I was on my core rotations. And so this would have been like uh, 2002, three, somewhere in there. And we were sitting in this, in this uh, room, a bunch of medical students uh, on rotations talking to our attending. And we said, well, don't hormones reduce risk of cardiovascular disease? And I remember them just kind of like, I don't know, rolling their eyes wasn't the word, but it was it was just kind of like, oh, you know, our world just got turned upside down is ultimately kind of what it looked like um, because they were saying, well, we used to think that, but you know, this study just came out and it's showing that there's actually an increased risk of breast cancer and there's an increased risk of this and there's an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. And so um, I, you know, at, at the time I didn't, of course, I didn't know anything about bioidentical hormones and, you know, that was like voodoo and only weirdo people do that and, you know, we do traditional medical dogma because that's what all the studies show is the best thing to do. And I wanted to be a good doctor. So that's what I was going to do. So, um, you know, for, for years, in fact, I remember, um, I don't think my mom would mind me saying this. I remember my mom was on Prem, uh, PremPro. That was, you know, combination hormone replacement therapy, had Premarin and a progestin called medroxyprogesterone acetate. Um, and she... Uh, she took this stuff to kind of combat the symptoms of menopause.
1: Your so, mom's very nice. Mine just went through it.
0: <laughs> Are you saying your mom's not nice?
1: I'm saying I'm an advocate <laughs> of postmenopausal <laughs> hormone replacement. Ooh,
0: we better hope she doesn't hear this. She knows uh, I love her. <laughs> so, um, so yes, I mean, it, hormone replacement can make a big difference. But again, there's there's some questions about. Well, is this going to increase my risk of? Um, you know, breast cancer? Or what about colon cancer? What about bone fractures or cardiovascular disease? Or what are the risks? What are the benefits? So, uh, you know, we'll be talking more specifically about each one of those components, but I wanted to take some time and talk specifically about uh, this study uh, of the Women's Health Initiative, because one, it was a large study. Two, it was funded by the NIH, uh, the National Institutes of Health. So it wasn't uh, the drug company that, that funded this study, you know, at least not at on uh, at face value, there may have been some under the you know, um, under course. the under the table shuffling of funds. You know, there's lobbyists and all of those kinds of things. But um, you know, it was it was uh, done by the NIH, and I think there's some really good information here uh, that can help people understand um, some of the some of the crap about some hormones that are out there uh, and uh, why some things are good, some things aren't, and and um, you know how it relates to bioidentical hormones. So. Let's get into this thing. So the Women's Health Initiative was this large study. It started in 1991. And prior to this study, there was a lot of observational data uh, about, and that means we just kind of observed that hormone replacement, we thought it lowered risk of cardiovascular disease. So they said, let's do this study to, uh, to evaluate this. And so the primary outcome of the study was evaluating cardiovascular disease prevention in postmenopausal women using hormone replacement therapy there were actually a couple, there were three different arms of the study. There was a randomized controlled trial looking at uh, the use of hormone replacement therapy, uh, dietary uh, modification trial, and some calcium vitamin D uh, supplementation. Uh, There was an observational study looking at uh, uh, predictors of disease. And then there was a a study of community approaches uh, to develop healthful behaviors. So three different arms of the study. I don't, we're not for the purpose of this. I'm not. I almost said oh, I don't care about those. We care about them, but that's not for the purpose of this podcast. So we're going to focus on the randomized controlled trial of uh, postmenopausal women ages fifty-five zero to seventy-nine uh, that either took Premarin and Premarin. Diana, what does Premarin stand for?
1: Oh well, I was mortified when I found out. It's horse mare urine.
0: That's right. It stands for pregnant. Mares' urine, prermarin. So basically, it's horse piss. Thanks. That's a that's what you're taking. It's horse horse piss. So, uh, and the reason for that, and I think I've talked about it in another podcast. But basically, uh, you know, they discovered this stuff. Well, I don't remember off the top of my head. 30s, 40s, uh, 50s, somewhere in there. And they, uh, I think it was 30s or 40s. And they, they, uh, it was too expensive to make commercially viable. So uh, they finally discovered that they could. Uh, make this stuff, or, you know, they could use the urine of horses and extract the estrogens from it, and that was beneficial and was estrogen. So we started giving people this, and they uh, they made it, and you know, the drug company made a lot of money from it. So uh, Primarin, and the there was a Primarin-only group, and there was a PrimPro group. The reason that there's a difference here is because Primarin... Well, if you take estrogen only and do not have a uterus, you're fine. Uh, you know, sort of. If you ta- if you have a uterus, you need to add a progesterone or a progestin because estrogen is pro growth. And I always describe it as uh, it's like taking, or it's it's fertilizer for the lining of the endometrium. So it makes the endometrium thicker, and uh, so it's a pro growth type hormone. So if you have a uterus and you're on estrogen without, or what we call unopposed estrogen without progesterone, then your risk of uterine cancer goes up quite a bit. So
1: the tissue keeps growing. Exactly. Okay.
0: So you, um, well, at least that's, that's one of the mechanisms or one of the thoughts. So we counterbalance that with progesterone. So here you have, uh, you divided everybody out by you got a uterus or not, you know, as I guess, I think about the uh, the Dr. Seuss and you know the the uh, the stars upon Nars,
1: oh. <laughs>
0: you know they those that have stars and those are cool people and these aren't you know so
1: there you go
0: <laughs> anyway so the uh, they had a group that was that didn't have a uterus and that was the primarin only group and so they had the study group and the control group so you have the they were the control group was given a placebo like a sugar pill and then you had the study group which was primarin and they took uh, primarin alone. The other group uh, of, of uh, the other part of the study was that the, the, uh, the women that had a uterus and they took prim pro cause they needed this progestin. So, uh, we're going to start off with the primarin group. And so these women were randomized. Uh, so that means, okay, you don't have a uterus. You're either going to get estrogen or placebo. Nobody knows who it's double blinded, so the people giving it out don't know, the people taking it don't know, and we're just going to follow it over time. Uh, and they they uh, they did this study uh, for several years. I don't remember the average follow or the uh, the the follow up. I think uh, I think it was basically seven years, seven or eight years uh, that they followed these women on average. Um, so the first thing that I want to say about this group that took primarin is that primarin is not Bioidentical estrogen. So the human body has estrone, estradiol, estriol, uh, and this will be in the show notes. Uh, but primerin contains, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, uh, 11 uh, estrogens, but then there's also some other hormones, including androgens and progestins, uh, that are also in there, but they're in really small amounts. Uh, and basically, uh, there is extremely small amounts of estrogen that is, uh, that is uh, pretty darn close, if not identical to estrogen in the human body. So the main dominant hormone in this, is, or the chemical anyway, is sodium estrone sulfate at 49.3%. The second one, sodium equiline sulfate, equiline, equine, that's horse. Horse, horse estrogen. Great if you're a horse.
1: I am not a horse.
0: Not so good if you're a woman, a human woman. Yeah. Uh, so, and that was at twenty-two point four percent. So these things are not bioidentical. It's not going to behave the exact same way in the body. It's going to have different properties. Uh, it's going to have different issues. The second thing I want to say is that these were oral estrogens, mm-hmm. and estrogen is it goes to the liver and you have what's called a first pass effect, and it the, so the the liver gets first crack at it and it makes um, some meta, uh, metabolite products. And so some different types of estrogen breakdown products. I talk about that in another podcast. You can go back and look through that, but uh, there's three different pathways. There's the two hydroxy, four hydroxy, 16 hydroxy pathway. And then there's two phases to detoxification uh, where you have um, uh, hydroxylation and then you have either glucuronidation, sulfation, methylation, those kinds of things. And so a lot of factors will influence that. But when you take oral estrogen, your liver gets first crack at it, and it's a greater likelihood that if you have a problem with like methylation detoxification, that it's going to cause more problems. So, I'm I am not in favor of oral estrogen. Number one, and number two, I'm not in favor of horse piss in humans. So
1: I'm not I'm not for that either.
0: Not for that. You're no. not going to sign up for no. uh, for primarin. No, thank you. Okay, I'll I'll make sure I
1: no prescription, please. Yep, yeah, exactly. No.
0: So I think it's important to understand that at the foundation, but uh, these, you know, these women that took Premarin, uh, so they were on the, these estrogen compounds, which there are estrogen activities, effects in the body. Uh, and these, the test group took Premarin, zero point six two five milligrams every day, kind of a standard uh, dose. There are other doses, but that's kind of a fairly standard one. Um, and again, this this study was to identify the risks and benefits, excuse me, of of Premarin, which is estrogen replacement, on other health factors. They meant to stop the study, or they intended to stop the study in 2005, but in early 2004, they looked at the data that they had, and they felt that they had enough information, not that there was too much harm or anything like that. They just felt that nothing was really going to change over another year, so they went ahead and stopped the study a little bit early, Uh, and part of that uh, was because there was a a mild uh, increased risk of stroke. So they felt that the the data wasn't going to change in another year. So they said, let's just go ahead and take what we got, and we'll call it good. So the findings of the primarin only group, and we're going to look at both groups, uh, primarin and the prim pro group. We're going to look at um, uh, looks like six factors that we're going to look at. The first one's cardiovascular disease. So in the primarin only group, there was no increase nor decrease in the risk of heart attacks. Didn't change. Didn't had no effect. So going back to that medical school time period where I was sitting there and we were talking with our attending and said, isn't hormone replacement therapy uh, beneficial for cardiovascular disease? And they said, no, uh, it actually raises risk of cardiovascular disease. That was not because of the cardiovascular did. Uh, or that was not because of the permarin only group because that was not the case in this group. So I thought that was interesting. Part number two, or the second thing we're going to look at is stroke. There was an increased risk of stroke in the estrogen only group the primarin group and again it goes back to the when you take oral estrogen there is an increased risk of of uh, uh uh blood clots and things like that i don't know if that's why there were more strokes but to be clear there was eight cases there were eight more cases of stroke per 10,000 women so it's not like uh what's that a 0.08% increase something yeah, so like that so it's not severe It's not severe, but again, there were more strokes. And the authors, you know, went on to say in the, in, uh, through the, um, their publication, they said any increased risk of stroke is unacceptable. And I agree with that. Um, it was, it was a small increase, but why would we do anything that's going to increase risk? So let's not do that unless patients understand there's a slightly increased uh, risk, but you know, the, the benefits may be worth it. So, you know, we'll just kind of watch through that. Um, so, um, that's the main reason that they stopped the study, but there was a slightly increased risk of stroke. Uh, the third thing we're going to look at is fracture. Now, when you take estrogen, of course, I've heard for years, in fact, that one of the big reasons that my mom took it was because there was a de- decreased risk of hip fracture in the primarine group. So estrogen replacement does reduce risk of fractures, um, uh, in at least as reflected in the women's health initiative study. Now we get into the big one. What we talked about, does it increase risk of cancer? And I have so many women that will say, well, is there an increased risk of breast cancer? So for the primarin only group, breast cancer, there was no statistically significant difference between the placebo group and the estrogen group. And in fact, there were six less cases of breast cancer per 10,000 women on premerin versus placebo. So, it was not statistically significant. It wasn't a big difference, but being on Primarin had a lower risk of breast cancer, and this was a large study. But the, study, the investigators even stated, and this is in quotes, what is clear now is that overall postmenopausal women without a uterus who choose to take estrogen alone do not have an increased risk of breast cancer at least over the first seven years of treatment because that's how long they followed people. Right. So estrogen alone in this study did not increase the risk of breast cancer. I thought that was fascinating because there is there is some data, some, 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 and we'll talk about it in another podcast, that shows a, uh, a slight increased risk of breast cancer with estrogen replacement, not in the Women's Health Initiative. No. So I thought that was really, really interesting. So the fifth thing that we're going to look at are blood clots, or what we call venous thromboembolic events, and there was an increased risk of blood clots in the primerin group. And again, that's oral estrogen. Uh, we'll go over more of this in another, um, in another podcast. Basically, the ester trial, E-S-T-E-R, uh, trial showed that when you use topical or transdermal estrogen or other forms of estrogen besides um, uh, oral estrogen, that it did not increase the risk of blood clots. So it's not estrogen. It's the first pass effect on the liver. and it's the, the effect. Exactly. It's how it's being done. So it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons, I'm not in favor of oral estrogen. So the uh, sixth thing that we look at is colon cancer. There was no difference between the uh, primarin group and the placebo group. At least, no statistically significant difference. So the take homes for this is when I started looking into this data, the primarin or the uh, estrogen alone, uh, not nearly as harmful as we originally thought. There was an increased risk of stroke. There was um, a um, uh, increased risk of blood clots, but there was really reduced risk for everything else. So I was uh, I was fascinated by that in fact there was lower risk of breast cancer in this study so then we get into the prem pro group and this is where things really start getting interesting uh and again just like we talked about with the primarin group um maybe we i'll tell you what let's go ahead and take a little break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the prem pro group sound fair
1: sounds great you guys hang tight we'll be right back
0: Okay, we are back, and we're talking about um, the Women's Health Initiative study. The first portion of the podcast, we were talking about uh, horse piss as estrogen. Oh my! Uh, or the uh, the and primarin you get to group to take it orally. Uh, and exactly. <laughs> so we're drinking horse urine uh, at for our estrogen replacement. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, so now we're going to talk in about the uh, the prim pro, which is primarin.
1: But uh, I which, have a uterus now. I'm dealing with. That's
0: correct. That's correct. So we had to give some Provera that goes along with it. And again, with the primerin I had to give the disclaimer that Primarin is not bioidentical estrogen. In this case, Provera, also called medroxyprogesterone acetate, is about on par with drinking battery acid as far as being beneficial for you. Huh. The stuff is horrible. I would never recommend anyone take this, and you'll see why I say that. It has a number of effects, and it is not bioidentical progesterone bioidentical progesterone has a markedly different effect in the human body and it is not nearly as detrimental as this crap is for your overall health. So, let's get into this part. So, there were 16,608 postmenopausal women ages 50 to 79 who were enrolled in this study. Uh, These women had never had a hysterectomy so they still had their uterus and they were randomized to to either receive the placebo, which is just like the sugar pill, or PremPro which is the Premarin plus Provera. The Premarin portion was 0.625 milligrams, just like in the Premarin only study, and there were 2.5 milligrams of Provera or medroxyprogesterone acetate. The plan was to continue the study for 8.5 years. They didn't make it, and we'll talk about why. So the um, you know, we looked at six factors on um, you know what we're looking at for the Premarin. We're going to look at those same six factors. Here for cardiovascular or for uh, for PREMPRO, the first one is in cardiovascular disease, and in the uh, well, let me let me make one other statement here. So I'm going to be talking about what's called a hazards ratio or a risk ratio, and a hazards ratio is basically a statistical analysis term uh, where it's where you're looking at the relative risk of a given event. So in you know if we're talking about cardiovascular disease and comparing placebo versus the treatment group. What is the difference in risk for the placebo versus the treatment group? And a, uh, a number, so a one, score of one, would be the two groups have the same risk. If the study group has a lower risk, then the number will be less than one. If they have a higher risk, it will be greater than one. For example, the first section that we're looking at is cardiovascular disease, and they noticed that there was an increased risk of cardiovascular disease events with a hazard ratio of 1.29. That means there is a 29% increased risk of heart attacks kind of events, cardiovascular disease. 29%. That's the hazard ratio of 1.29.
1: And this is because of the addition of the um, the pro?
0: It's basically yes, because we didn't see that in the primer and only group. Yes. Now, can we say it's because of the proge- uh, you know, the provera or the meteroxyprogesterone acetate, or is it that it's a combined issue. Okay, because no. they're
1: still taking this orally. Correct. Okay. That's correct.
0: So I would argue that yes, it's the the freaking battery acid mm. that that they're <laughs> that they're I mean, I hate this stuff. It's awful. Um but and tell the, me how you really feel <laughs> but the data is here. Um so you know unfortunately uh they you know we will we will misplace interpreting all of this stuff because of this particular portion. Not all hormones are bad, even though I think Primerin alone is not the best way to go. Uh, but we misinterpret uh, this stuff across the board. So, cardiovascular disease, increased risk of events, one hazard ratio of 1.29, 29% increased risk of uh, cardiovascular disease. So, Diana, what about strokes?
1: Definitely increased risk of stroke. There was a hazard ratio of 1.41, so I'm going to see that as an increase of 41%.
0: You got it. So there were 41% more strokes in the treatment group than in the placebo group. Uh, What about fractures?
1: Uh, You have a decreased risk of hip fracture. So now you um, have a decreased risk, which the Primarin did as well, correct?
0: The Primarin did show a decreased risk um, uh, as well. So yes.
1: All right. So we're still helping with the fracture issues. Um, Now, your breast cancer? increased risk of breast cancer. Your ratio there is 1.26. So you have an increase of 26% um, risk of breast cancer taking your PrimPro.
0: Exactly. And the thing is, that was not seen in the Premarin alone group. It wasn't the estrogen. It was the medroxyprogesterone acetate, the Provera. Uh, it's, it just, it never ceases to amaze me. Um, the the misinformation that gets propagated, but increased risk of breast cancer. And this is why they stopped the study early was because of this increased risk of breast cancer. And, and I'll, we'll come back to that in just a minute. Uh, blood clots or venous uh, thromboembolic events. Wow. Uh, there was an increased risk of pulmonary embolism, which is a blood clot in your lung. Usually they come from uh, the, you know, the lower extremities are up in the pelvis. Uh, and so it is a venous thromboembolic event or a blood clot. Uh, and there was a hazard ratio of 2.13. That's a 113% increased risk
1: mm.
0: for blood clots. And again, we did see an increased risk of clots, but not to that extent in the primerin group alone. That I mean, you might again, you might as well be drinking battery acid. Uh, and finally, with colon cancer, uh, there was a decreased risk of colon cancer with a hazard ratio of 0.63. I guess
1: maybe because that battery acid is burning everything?
0: Uh, probably. You die of everything else before you there could you die go. of colon cancer. <laughs> that's that's not true i'm just i'm i'm being facetious um and if you think back of the root word of facetious and we're talking about colon so uh they go together i think um so um so again like i said earlier this uh this part of the study was stopped early due to an increased risk of breast cancer uh they meant the study to go 8.5 years but they stopped 3.3 years early because of these risks um and again, it, it wasn't increased in the it wasn't increased in the estrogen alone. I just, it's it's fascinating to me. There's another study that was done called the HERS study, and that also showed an increased risk of blood clots. Uh, they were also using Prempro, and there was no reduced risk of cardiovascular disease uh, in in that. They they also didn't show a real increase, if I remember correctly, uh, in cardiovascular disease. And so, you know, one of my passions is talking about this, uh, this load of crap about cholesterol causes heart disease. And one of the things that's interesting to me, because we've seen study after study after study after study after study where you lower cholesterol and it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make a hill of beans bit of difference in cardiovascular disease events unless you are using a statin and all of those were secondary prevention trials, but that's another topic for another day. So in the HERS-2 study, they noted that PrimPro lowered LDL cholesterol, that's the bad cholesterol, lowered it 11%, and it increased the good cholesterol, the HDL, 10%, but it made no difference in cardiovascular events. So that's just further information that this load of horse manure, since we're talking about Primarin, Mm -hmm. um, has nothing to do with cholesterol, or at least cholesterol doesn't cause heart attacks.
1: So what I guess, what what I want to know now is, now that we've talked about this Women's Health Initiative, what does it tell me about our bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, or BHRT?
0: Yeah, so basically, what I would say, the take-home message, when you compare uh, Premarin and Provera in the Women's Health Initiative and help us understand uh, uh, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, it doesn't tell us anything about bioidentical hormone replacement therapy.
1: Because they're not bioidentical.
0: Exactly. And so... I use the analogy of, you know, I remember several years ago, and you know, some people may remember this, some people may not. Um, several years ago, the um, uh, the National Highway Tra- uh, Traffic Safety Administration launched an investigation. In fact, the year was in two thousand, uh, looking at Ford Motor Company and Firestone tires, and they found that the combination of the uh, the Ford Explorer with these Firestone tires, which had a known tread separation at high speeds. Um, started causing all kinds of problems. In fact, 823 people were killed because of a combination of, uh, in, in accidents that they attributed to the Ford Explorer and the uh, Firestone tires. So the combination of these two things resulted in, in, in a vehicle that was unstable uh, in, in its handling and at risk because of the tire separation. Uh, and so um, it was the, uh, the tires and the vehicle that both contributed to these fatalities. Now, if we said, well, my goodness, SUVs and tires are bad because they cause all these deaths. No, that's not the case. It was Firestone tires because they had a known issue and it was the Ford Explorer, which had a known issue. You combine the two together and now you have a risk. It was not SUVs and tires. So you can't draw a conclusion across the board and say all SUVs and tires are bad. And that's what we have done in the medical community. And you've heard me talk about other physicians as hypocrites, but that's kind of, uh, I mean, you know, we got to be very careful in the way we interpret this data because you cannot take data about Primarin and say all estrogen is bad. And you can't take data about Provera and say progesterone is bad. They are not the same thing. You cannot draw that conclusion um, from, from this data. They are different and distinct entities. And so I think, uh, you know, understanding Premer and Provera as in in the Women's Health Initiative and, um, you know, understanding that they're non-bioidentical hormones, it's just not the same thing as using bioidentical hormone replacement therapy like we do in our Tulsa Clinic. There's just a big, big difference. And it's as big of a difference as SUVs and tires. Um, so, you know, I, I think looking at this study and knowing what the data says really can help us understand about the safety and the risks uh, with these hormones and that, you know, I I didn't know. I didn't know these things. And so many of my colleagues also don't know this stuff. We got to understand this stuff and understand what our risks are and where the benefits lie.